But that's that mentoring experience. And that's what podcasts and that's what we hope our podcast become for people is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who, who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do. But nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's, no one's, you know, there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. Fam, welcome back to Value Adds Value. My name is Kyle Krieger. This is episode 330 of the Value Adds Value podcast, our summer series just has been things that have been on our mind. So in this case, we are having the next two podcasts about the word no and the importance of using it as an educator. So um, this particular episode, we're talking about when to use it. Um, the next episode uh, is really about how to use it. So we hope you'll check those out. Um, like I said, we really appreciate you supporting the podcast and um, hope we can help you and um Look forward to supporting you throughout this upcoming school year because it's uh, getting close. Will is only two weeks away from starting back up. I'm about four weeks away, but, you know, we're doing it. So I uh, hope everybody has a great week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to Value Adds Value. My name is Kyle Krieger with my guy, Wookie Law. What's good? What's going on? What's going on, family? It is groovy. Here in Houston, I have to say, happy belated 713 day. Um, for those of you who are listening, we're recording this on July 14th. Yesterday uh, was 713 day officially, a Houston holiday to celebrate the Houston culture. Um, and so we just, my wife and my daughter and I, we just rode around a little bit and, and just kind of listened to some Houston music. You know, um, and it's amazing the catalog of Houston artists that you know that you can listen to on the seven one three day. So man, I was super duper excited. Um, so man, so for for to a former Houstonian, mm. um, I'm gonna say you're always gonna be a Texan at heart. Oh, I so. am. I am. <laughs> I still. I, I'll claim that forever. Um, I think seven. If if I would have been there on seven one three day now, I would go on a food tour. <gasps> Yeah, it's a good idea. You can get, I mean, you could literally have anything you could possibly want. I think I'd I think I'd end it with a crawfish boil, though. I think that's the one. That's the one. I mean, like the Texas barbecue, like is just second to none, but. That that the the ambiance and the fun of the crawfish boil is is something I, I don't think there are very many communal meals that are as communal as that is. You just throw all the crawdads on on the table on a big piece of paper and everybody just dives in, man. It's 
gotta love it, man. You know, it felt good. We actually uh, went back to church um, for the first time, and it felt good being in that communal setting. You know, like even being at my niece, my great nieces. Kind of stop saying niece, my great niece. Uh, at my great niece's uh, birthday party and being around people, you know, and and man, you 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 realize how much you really miss that experience uh, after this last. You know, as they say, 400 plus days of, of, of a lockdown, semi-lockdown. Yeah, you know, I mean, even over that 4th of July weekend, me and uh, Kevin went out and played golf, just the two of us. And just hanging out with him was, you know, really, you don't normally say, like, it's rewarding to go play around a golf, but it was so fun to just hang out with my buddy and, like, really get to just chill. And now me and Kevin and Mitch and and Josh and Kyle, all my high school buddies, were playing a golf tournament on Saturday together on one team. But you know, even you know, you were talking about community at at church and just being around people and friends and family. But that community aspect of being in a classroom with kids, like, because you forget, we were talking right before we started recording about reverberations and vibes and all those different things. Like I never understood how much energy we draw from our kids. Like, and not like we suck it from them, but how much they feed into us being able to do the job. I think that might have to be our next podcast is, is, um, that reverberations piece. I will say I had a nice little chit chat with, um, um, the Gary Gray juniors over last week. He's looking to get back on the podcast here over the coming weeks before school starts back up. So we'll Absolutely. have our, Absolutely. our yearly summer check-in and then our yearly, uh, Christmas. We've got to do it before the finals are over though. I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to. He, <laughs> he and his wife are on vacation. Oh, okay. Okay. And that could be especially devastating if the bucks don't win tonight. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, community talking about this, but we should maybe jump into the to the message because you know it's it's eight oh four, and in the morning and we were supposed to start recording at seven, and we just we just wrapped though, which felt good. Like I said, we we sometimes get so caught up in doing the work we're supposed to do that we don't wrap as often as we should just wrap. Right, and not understanding that the work wouldn't be possible without the wrapping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't have evolved into what it is if we wouldn't have just stopped to take the time to talk. So yeah. the fact that we're not in the same city and, you know, our lives, you know, you being a newlywed. And I'll be honest with you, like a lot of times that I want to hit you up, I don't because I'm like, he's a newlywed. Wed. I know. No, you should. How, you know. I like, I know how my life is, was as a newlywed. Like you want to give people the, that first year and be like, hey, 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 you know what's hey. you know what's so funny on that though because we're you know just going off on a little bit of a tangent too like it's so weird now that like life is getting back to normal how weird it feels to go places without her because we spent literally you know we moved in to our home the day the Minnesota lockdown order which was like a straight up you don't go anywhere except for where you absolutely have to I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and we have basically been here together 
gone places together, you know, I haven't taken any trips like I normally would. She hasn't taken any trips like she normally would. I mean, we've been apart at night for maybe like a handful, a handful of nights. Good morning. Hold on just a minute. I got you. She's waving saying good morning. I, yeah, I, I see her. <laughs> Uh, hello yeah Yeah, i got you you know it's funny my uh (laughs) my brother-in-law was telling a story about my uncle being you know 60 60 years old getting an iphone for the first time and they're trying to teach him how to facetime so he would call them on facetime and and put it up to (laughs) his and then be like Man, look, I can't see y'all, so I'll just call y'all back and just hang the phone. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, I just had that moment. I'm sorry. We're on a tangent right now, but let's go ahead and jump into the topic, man. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. All right. So we were all that out. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about with the podcast and the lessons we've learned is, you know, about as a teacher setting good boundaries um and you know as you being a parent you know me hopefully at some point soon becoming a parent you know being able to use the word no and and we're titling this episode the power of saying no um both as a person and as an educator so um the one thing we wanted to start with here first is you know when do when do we use the word no and how do we determine you know when when to use that so let's start with the time frame of when to use no as a teacher um so first before we get into that let's talk about what no is let's define no define no Based on Merriam-Webster, definition one simply says not. One B says use as a function word to express the negative of an alternative choice or possibility. In no respect or degree used in comparison, not so used to express negation, dissent, denial, or refusal. So the examples they gave is like, shall we go out to dinner or no? You're no no better than the rest of us. Or no, I'm not going. So understanding that though there, there are three different ways of looking at no can kind of help us frame our no around, um, actually no. There are three basic ways of saying no. And so, but it all boils around to a negation or the opposite to what's being presented. And so understanding that, how that's framed will help us understand, as you said, when to use it when to use it. And so when we think about that, when do you use no? 
you know, as educators, we are bombarded with opportunities and and requests (laughs) being voluntold things um, uh, all the time. And uh, I can, I, I know even for, you know, first, second year teachers who, you know, you want to get so immersed in the culture of your school that you say yes to everything. Yes, I'll do it. 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 Not understanding that that's one aspect that you're doing in relation to everything else that you have to do. Um, and I think that without having those clear boundaries, you know, I can remember being a freshman in college. There were certain things in college that I could not do until I was a sophomore. You know, typically, if you're going to pledge a fraternity or a sorority in college, you you have to wait to your sophomore year. If you want to join any of the academic clubs, you usually have to wait until your sophomore year. That freshman year is reserved to get yourself acclimated to what's going on. And so that's like speaking directly to first year teachers, second year teachers, novice teachers who are struggling with, well, if I say no, and we talk about this all the time, are they going to think that I'm not a team player? Well, yeah, and and we'll come back to that too. But I think with what you just said there, and we were talking about this in the lead up, the lead up to the conversation about understanding how a no fits into your parameters of what you've got going on. So I think as a new teacher, in my experience, I didn't have really a frame of reference for how much time I had, how much energy I have, and how to prioritize that time and energy. No is not a word that we strictly used to deny things we don't want to do. No is a word we use to make sure we're prioritizing the things that are important to us. And and especially as a teacher and as a new teacher, so many of those things seem fun. And so many of those things are like, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm jumping in with both feet and I'm going to coach two sports and I'm going to be this particular coordinator and I'm going to volunteer on this Saturday and I'm going to chaperone every possible thing. And that's great. And, and most teachers, I think, go through that. But eventually you're going to hit that wall of, wow, like I, I, your, your, your body is going to be the, the thing that says no to you at some point. But when you come back to that point of being a team player, that comes around when people start to question your no. Right. And, and I think there's a huge difference. And I've worked in schools where this wasn't a big deal. I've worked in schools where if you said no to something, they were like, all right, cool. You know, we understand. And I've worked in schools where if you said no to something, there was still five to 10 minutes left of that particular conversation. So when, when we use the word no, I think you have to understand those three purposes that you described from the dictionary. Like, are you trying to dispute whether or not something that was said is true? Are you trying to 
ask a question of whether or not what you're saying is right, or are you flat out saying this is something that I cannot do? Bless you. And, mm-hmm. and I think when it when we're talking about when to use no, you know, what situations do you see, you know, for those different varieties of that definition? Um. I, I don't really know. Um, ask the question again, because I, I. So so you know you you gave the definition of how we can use no differently, mm-hmm. whether it's to refute something, whether it's as a statement of um, denial of whether or not something is the case, or whether it's saying that you cannot do a particular thing. Are there situations that you've experienced in the classroom that fit into those, maybe those different categories? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as, are, you, are you meaning as it relates with students or with as it relates to responsibilities just it, generally it in the either. school community? It can be either. I mean, um, I, I think for me, as I, as I look at it, some there is a particular use uh, for those functions with students. Students, it's more of like refuting whether or not that thing is true. You know, when it comes to when it comes to behavior, you use no as a way to show a student or a person like this is not the right way to do something. So their particular method is in in regards to this not the right way to do something. I feel like the the I can't is the one that I use most often when it comes to colleagues and administration. I don't, um, I, I that, fir- that. that first definition of, I guess I do use the first definition too, with kids asking them whether they, what they want to do or giving them choices particularly, but I mean, the, the one for me really, when I think of having to say no, when it comes to an educator, where it got me into trouble is not having to say no to kids. Like, you get 14,000 questions from kids. And especially if you're like us teaching middle school, most of the questions are smart kids who think they're going to work their way around the system by tricking you into saying yes to something you would normally say no to. And as, as that goes on and you get more experience, you, you sniff that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where I got into trouble as an educator was like you said, saying no to saying no to more responsibilities. So let's come back. Cause I, we kind of went in a roundabout circle to this question. When do you, um, when do you feel like you've needed to say no or when, 
you know, with our newer teachers who are listening, when, when do you feel like for them is the right time to say no? To students are just, I was just kidding. Cause I think that there's a difference. Um, I don't think that there's, it, every, everything is unique. I don't think there's one time that you can say, you say no in this instance, you don't say no in this instance, you know, type of situation. Um, I think that your no's, uh, knowing when to use no, depends on who you are, what you have going on, and understanding what you have already prioritized your 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 life as being, or you prioritize your situation as being. Um, and I think that your priorities should dictate your nose. So if I can't see moving something that I've already prioritized in order to accommodate this, then I'm gonna have to say no. I'm gonna have to say no because I can't, I have, I have priorities and there are some things, some priorities is like, okay, something comes up and it's like, hey, we're looking for somebody to do this, can you do this? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's way more important than X, Y, or Z that I put on my list so I can move it in the place of B. I can put it over here and move this down. And yes, I, so yes, I can do it. So in that case, understanding your priorities, you know, it helps you to understand when to use that word, both with students and with teachers and with principals, you know, and with the community members, you know, we need you to meet with, with parents on Tuesday at six o'clock, but at six o'clock, you have a family planning meeting with someone who's driving an hour and a half just to come do a presentation at your home. I can't say I'm gonna be in both places at the same time. I can't say, well, honey, I know we've been planning this for, for the last three months and this is the only time the guy can meet with us in the next six months, but this came up. I can't do that. So my need tells me this family planning has to come first. And because that's at the exact same time, I may ask, is it flexible? And we had talked about that off air is, I'm not gonna say, if, if I can maneuver it, then I'll say yes, but here are my parameters around the yes that I can do it. If you wanna move it to five, I can do it. If you wanna move it to seven, seven, seven thirty maybe, I can do it. But between six and seven, I, I, I'm, I'm unavailable. So it's understanding when that is, when your priorities won't allow you to say yes, then don't, you know, go ahead and say no, and, and it's okay. It's okay, you know. It is okay to say no. Yeah, and and even just with me, as I, when it comes to priorities, it doesn't just mean meetings or coaching assignments or clubs or committees. If you've set your conference period or your prep period or whatever you call it, where you teach and said, this is my time, this 45 or 50 minutes is my time to do grading, or it's my time to plan, or it's my time to, you know, do whatever it is. If whatever you're being asked does not, like, exceed that priority, then don't do it. It doesn't have, whatever you prioritize as a teacher is your business. It's what you think is important. 
And I feel like those are situations where you get that guilt trip, where someone else can't see your priority. And we should clarify and say that we do believe that no is a sentence by itself. (laughs) And please don't, please don't take someone's guilt trip as a reason why you have to explain yourself. Wow. Can you say that one more time? The first someone, part. Some, someone's guilt trip is, is not a reason for you to feel like you have to explain yourself. Your priorities are your priorities. And people may not understand that. Now, as a teacher, it's probably beneficial that if you can explain your priority, if you can explain that no to your colleague, that's a beneficial thing to do. Mm-hmm. So if if we were teaching together and you said to me, hey, we've got, I, I don't know, whatever whatever meeting is is coming up, or hey, we've got this particular thing coming up, and I say, wow, it, it's a really okay, so it's it's a Saturday. There's a sporting event that the school needs chaperones for, and you're in charge of, of getting chaperones. But it just happens to be my nephew's birthday party or my anniversary or a trip I had planned with my high school friends. Whatever those things are, those priorities are important. So if you can explain, if, if I were to say to you, hey, Will, you know, um, I would really like to help you out with that sporting event, um, but all of my high school buddies and I are getting together. We're going on a little fishing trip. Um, it's the one time of year that me and my high school buddies get together, and, and I just can't miss it. That is a good thing to do. Or if it's a, a, you know, a smaller thing, you know, someone asks you to sit in on uh, an IEP meeting or a you know, whatever meeting it might be, hey, we need someone, we need someone to sit in on this particular meeting, but you've got stuff going on that's important. You're grading something, you've got whatever, you're tutoring. You can say no. Because in reality, there are other people that can do it too, and they can find someone to do it. It Oftentimes, or the danger, especially as an early teacher, is once someone figures out that they can push that button in you, once they figure out that if they ask, most likely, and if they guilt you a little bit, you're going to do it, well, they're going to come to you because it's easy. Thank you for checking out this episode of Value as Value. Please remember to subscribe and share the podcast. Also, subscribe over on YouTube. We are Value as Value, Instagram Value as Value. Facebook, Value as Value, Twitter, find me and Will on there. And like I said, any of those things are linked in our show notes. So we really appreciate you being a part of this journey, and we can't wait to support you through this upcoming school year. So thanks for listening, and make sure you check out the second half of this conversation at the end of the week.